When horrible, unexplainable evil and tragedy happens in the world, what do you turn to? I'm a little ashamed to admit this, but I used to seriously question whether a little prayer from me could actually make a difference in something that happens halfway across the country or the world. That all changed three years ago when our family was lifted by the prayers of so many people who don't know us personally, but wanted us to feel comfort and peace during an unimaginably painful time. I would invite you today to listen to this episode with an open heart and mind, and that you'll hear the message that is meant. Today was a really heavy day in the United States. There were at least 18 children and one teacher killed in Texas in the elementary school. So kids that are Annie's age, Lila's age, it was really, really terrible. And, you know, it's interesting being someone who has a platform on social media when things like this happen, because I always feel a huge amount of pressure. I feel like people look to me because... It's like, well, what are you going to say? What's your statement going to be? Are you going to, it, there's, there's this immediate pressure to use your platform for good. And usually I step right into that light. It's easy for me to say, oh yeah, we're going to use our platform for good for lots of different purposes. But when there's tragedy, when people are hurting, when it's something just unimaginable, like children being killed, it's really hard to know exactly what to say and how to react. And I mean, I even remember when Sandy Hook happened, feeling really like hopeless and just not really knowing how to respond to that. And it's been interesting too, being in a world of social media that's fairly new. You know, Instagram is what, 10-ish years old, something like that. Maybe, maybe slightly more than that. But Annie's, let's see, night, so maybe like 11, 12 years old. It hasn't been around that long. And Facebook's just a little bit more behind that or ahead, whatever you want to say. So 20 years ago, when something like this happened, we kind of looked to media. We looked to celebrities or government leaders, people. But now it's like ordinary people like me can just have a voice and say whatever. Today, I saw that and obviously just you know, felt absolutely sick about it when I I saw it in a text from my mom to my sister and me. And I immediately went to prayer. I immediately prayed for a couple of things. I I prayed for the families to be comforted. I just can't even, it's, it's hard for my brain to even fathom what that would feel like if one of my children was shot at school. So I immediately prayed for the families. And then I also prayed fervently for the leaders who are in positions of power and decision to be led by God to know what to do. That was literally my initial reaction was to just pray and believe and have faith that God is hearing those prayers. It hasn't always been that way for me though. I haven't always jumped right to that. And I, I in fact, remember having a moment of hesitation when the world of Instagram was still fairly new and I was growing my Instagram and something happened in Paris. This had to have been in 2014-ish, 2013, 2014, maybe 2015. Something happened in Paris. There was like a, some kind of a shooting or a bombing or something. And I remember people posting stuff about pray for Paris. This was before Instagram stories. So people were posting like static posts about pr- prayers for Paris 
And it felt kind of hollow to me. It felt kind of cliche, like, oh, let's, like, that's a cute thing to say. Like, let's all pray for, or prayers for Paris. And I just, it almost had this, like, opposite reaction for me that it should have had, where I was kind of like, oh, like, I don't want to be cliche about something that's a sensitive subject. And also, I don't really want to throw around the idea that praying for someone is something that I don't just for some reason in that moment, I still felt like God was, God could hear my prayers, but that they needed to be personal for it to work. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I felt kind of conflicted and I remember feeling that way. And I felt that way for a long time. Like, is it, does it land on deaf ears? It does it help. Does it matter if we pray for something that isn't really in our direct realm if we just pray for something that isn't directly affecting us. Does that make sense? Totally. I don't know if I'm explaining this well. But anyway, I felt that way for a long time until your brother Dave died. And I specifically remember right after he died, you know, first when he was missing, we asked people to pray and we asked everyone, like we were posting his picture, posting the news updates and asking people, please pray for Dave. We didn't know where he was. We didn't know what happened to him. And if you are new-ish to this podcast, you can go all the way back to our first podcast episode ever where we tell the whole story or in a quicker in a quicker way to be caught up to speed. You can go to my Instagram, Corinne Stoko, and go to my highlight bubbles. And I have a highlight bubble named Dave. And you can kind of watch the whole thing unfold because I have all the old stories saved. But anyway, I remember, you know, you asked, yes, please post this. At first, we didn't post. At first... We waited an hour or two as soon as we found out. And then once, I think it was once the police were asking people to be involved, then you said, yes, please post this. So I started posting it and asking people to pray, asking people to look out for him, for his picture, for his car, for everything. And then that same day, by the end of the night, they found that Dave had been murdered. And I remember the next day as we got on the plane, we were flying to Utah and somebody wrote me a DM and said, you will feel these prayers of people praying for you and they will carry you and you will notice because you will feel an absence once they go away. And I remember that was just really um, impactful to me to read that DM and to think about that. And I did notice, I noticed that feeling of being carried of almost being able to power through and push through things that I would not have been able to do all on my own. And then I noticed an absence of that after about a month or so, maybe six weeks, something like that. I noticed that that feeling of being carried and being just lifted every day beyond my own abilities kind of started to just die a little, like go, you know, die down a little. And that was my first really strong experience with the power of collective prayer. So what do you remember about that experience, Neil? And what was that like for you? Well, yeah. In prayer specifically. With that experience, my mind just keeps coming back to actually when my brother died, my other brother Mm. died by suicide when I was 12. That was the first time that I really experienced that power. It was just a a really tough day. I mean, to say the least, coming home and getting the news and, 
hearing that, but I remember people praying for us and everyone saying, we're praying for you. And I remember the feeling that we had throughout the week. And it was, it was such a, the only way I can describe it is like a spiritual high. And it was so weird because it was in the midst of just the most tragic situation that we had experienced as a family up to that point. Mm-hmm. It was totally unexpected out of the blue. And I just remember feeling like just, I think that even like the next day, I remember like just wanting to go out and like I went to the school and picked up my homework and talked to my teacher and he's just like, man, I'm so sorry. And how are you doing? But I remember just feeling like just such a powerful spirit as a kid and throughout that situation. And it lasted for a long time for like months. Mm. Again, when this happened, everything broke with Dave several years later. And I mean, this was now three years ago. I remember feeling similar things, just having such a close connection with heaven and with the spirit world and, and so much faith and assurity and so much power. And I think just love, you could just the, the spirit, the feeling of love of others being sent our way, being, being expressed. And it is so, so palpable. It's so real yeah. that, and so powerful that it made me realize just how powerful that is. And I agree. I th- I think he, it, it's kind of a, it can seem like such the go-to phrase. Mm-hmm. Oh, we are in our thoughts and prayers. Happens, especially like, which I think is amazing, which I'm, I'm like, okay, awesome. Like, great. Like even people who are maybe not as religious or, or very religious at all in those moments suddenly will bring up prayer when mm-hmm. there's a major tragedy, which I think is great. But I think it, can seem, it can kind of go both ways. I think on the flip side, when there's a tragedy and and maybe there's a tendency to, to go kind of to the negative and focus on the negative initially, there can be that feeling of like, oh, okay. Yeah, of course. You know, like kind of a, kind of a, just a negative expression of that. Like, okay, well, yeah, that's going to, you know, kind of like that Pessimistic. Pessimistic. Thank you. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Which I've felt before, which in a negative moment or if I'm in a bad headspace, I can just be like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. But the reality and the truth behind that is so unbelievably powerful. And it's such a basic principle of understanding who we are and who God is and what that relationship is, that once we get that and we understand how that works, um, that's the natural instinct and it is to look to God. And really in those situations, there's so much that you're powerless over that, that so much of it is outside of your locus of control that really you have to look to a higher power or however you express that God, as we believe in, in order to, to deal with that type of a scenario. Yeah, this whole topic came about too because not only because of the tragedy that happened, but there was a series of events. So then an account that I follow and love that we've had her on the podcast, Sharon says so, Sharon McMahon. Sharon posted something about 
what do we do? What are we going to do as Americans? And I left a genuine, sincere comment of, I am praying for the people in power to make decisions that will protect our children. And I said, and yes, I really do believe these prayers will work. And someone replied to my comment and said, we need to do more than just praying. You know, prayers are useless. We need to vote. She went on to say what she felt compelled that we need to be doing. And I have compassion for that. I understand people just feel like, just like I was saying a second ago, that can seem cliche. That can seem like, oh, that's the cute answer, but we need action. Here's what I think about that though. A few things. First of all, I think that the adversary loves it when people do what the Bible says, men's heart shall fail them. When they feel fear and when they let fear control, I also think that this is just a a bed for people to get into conflict and just start arguing with each other about policy and about politics and what's the right solution and gun control and While those things obviously are really important, and I totally agree, there's no question in my mind that action needs to happen. My approach was, let's pray for the people in power to be led by God to know exactly what to do, because He is going to have perfect clarity on what's really going to work instead of what's not. And like I was saying a second ago, Satan loves it when people are just going to contend with each other, fight with each other, get argumentative use it as a platform for their political gain. You know some people are going to do that. Not everyone, but there will be people who will do that. So my strong inclination was let's let's join together in faith and prayer that God has a better way to deal with this. And anyway, when that person said to me, prayers are useless, I felt really compelled to put together a reel about a miracle that we had last year that was unexplainable by anything other than prayer and a miracle. And what happened was Millie last summer. So we went to Utah because my parents came home from their mission in Spain. They were serving an 18 month mission for our church in Spain. They came home. So we went to Utah to be able to greet them and then, you know, celebrate their homecoming and listen to them give a report in church. And while we were there for whatever it was, a couple weeks, week and a half, Millie got really sick and it started out with her just having a fever and not wanting to eat or drink. And then it got worse and she hadn't been eating or drinking for days and her fever spiked to 106. So we took her to the hospital. They did all these tests on her. It was not COVID. It was not a lot of other things. And then they said that she had a couple of different viruses. Eventually just sent her home, even though she was still in pain. She was complaining of abdominal pain, complaining that her tummy hurt. She wouldn't eat and drink, like I said. But they eventually just sent us home after she had been on an IV and said, okay, if she is crying with no tears, if she doesn't have, doesn't go to the bathroom or have a wet pull up or whatever in the next 24 hours, you need to bring her back. And 24 hours later, she was screaming and crying unconsolably, like, like hiccuping with cries. It wasn't just like yelling, complaining, but literally her body was convulsing with like crying but she had no tears and it was really scary to me to see. And I called my good friend who is a nurse at the ER at Primary Children's Hospital, the Children's Hospital in in Utah. And she could hear Millie crying in the background. And I said, what would you do? And she said, if it was my child, I'd take her back. So we took her back and they readmitted her and ran a whole bunch of tests on her and 
They were trying to get her to drink, trying to get her to eat. She just wouldn't eat or drink anything for days. After Millie had been back in the hospital for about 24 hours, I had this really strong prompting that I needed to ask people to pray for her. And as funny as this may sound with this large social media following that we have, I never want to abuse that. And I didn't want to use it in a place of like, oh, I'm going to ask people selfishly to pray for my kid and my problems. But because I felt really strongly compelled that God wanted me to ask people to pray, I just followed it. I did it. I said, Millie's really struggling. Will you please pray for her? Tons of people wrote me right back. We will pray for her. We're praying for her. So the next morning, she woke up the next day and finally asked for pancakes. Like that next day, she finally was willing to eat a little bit and drink a little bit. And then people were more emotionally invested. You know, they really wanted to know how she was doing. She did a little bit better. And then that night I I thought, okay, we're turning a corner. And then after she went to sleep, she woke up out of a dead sleep and started screaming again in pain. And the nurses and doctors came running and they were like, anyone who heard her screaming like that said, this isn't just a virus. There's something seriously wrong with her. At that point, we had a team of doctors who were rounding on her. They were looking at all kinds of different solutions, that things that possibly could be diagnosis, whatever, and testing her for different things. And they just could not figure out what was wrong with her, why she was in so much pain, why she had had this elevated fever. And I was really starting to worry about, could this be cancer? Could this be all the different things that it possibly could be? That next day after she was screaming and I gave people an update and people continued to pray for her, she just out of the blue started drinking, started eating, stopped complaining of pain. And by the end of that day, she I noticed how she finally started getting back to herself because she climbed out of her hospital bed that she had just been laying in pain in for days and started like climbing on the windowsill. And one of the nurses came in and was like, she can't do that. That's a liability. And I was like, wow, I almost forgot how this is her normally. It's just like this active, you know, little kid because she had just been so sick. But yeah, she finally started eating and drinking. And by the end of that day, they discharged her with no explanation. They were like, we don't know what happened. We don't know why she got better. We don't have any explanation for this, but she seems to be fine. So you guys can go home. And the only explanation I had for her just turning this miraculous corner was all the people that prayed for her. And I couldn't help but feel like, okay, sometimes God wants us to have these collective experiences with faith and prayer and to see that he performs miracles and that he, that God is good and that he can do things with faith and prayer. And I think sometimes I used to, like I said a few times, I used to feel like saying, oh, I'm praying for you or we're, you're in our thoughts and prayers could sound like it's meaningless or falling on deaf ears. But I've changed my tune with that after so many experiences of feeling that true answer to prayer and collective prayer. And this is what our prophet, President Nelson, had to say about this. He did a really great post on May 5th on the day of prayer. He said, on this national day of prayer, I have been pondering the evolving meaning in our society of the phrase thoughts and prayers. For many, this is still a sincere expression of condolence and concern. For others, it is viewed as a perceived lack of action in the face of tragedy, which is kind of like what that girl said to me today. 
prayer is useless. He said, I have a firm belief that prayer for those in need is pleasing to God. In fact, he commands us to turn to him and to pray for others. However, it is my personal experience that when I ask God in prayer for direction on what I can do to help minister, lift, love, and support those in need, he answers these prayers with specific and simple things I can actually do to bless one of his children. I invite you to consider how your thoughts and prayers can be a catalyst for God to inspire and direct you toward acts of kindness, compassion, and generosity. Imagine how much good you could do in the world and in your own family, school, and workplace. As we seek to be His healing and helping hands, we surely will exalt the Lord. And that's what I'm saying as far as in the face of tragedy, are we all going to just start arguing with each other about policy? Are we all going to just bicker about what the solution is? Are we going to just say like, prayer's useless, let's take action? Or are we going to pray for what we can do in our own little corner to uplift others, to put our faith in God, to believe that God can lead the leaders in charge of this country. I still believe that that happens and that there are people who believe in prayer. Apparently, up until now, even every president of the United States in some way has subscribed to the idea of prayer. I'm super thankful for that. And I think that that's such a great way to see that our country is still led by men who believe in prayer and hopefully someday a woman. But that's something that our country was founded on. And I also loved last summer, I found this randomly and sent it to my grandpa. I I was visiting with my grandpa and talked to him about this and he loved it so much. He was like, please send it to me. But the governor of Tennessee declared a day of prayer and the letter he sent to his citizens was so uplifting and inspiring, like faith inspiring to me. So the governor of Tennessee said to his people, whereas the people of Tennessee are thankful to call this remarkable state home from the towering smoky mountains in the east to the mighty Mississippi River in the west and every remarkable scene in between for our people who come from all over the world to find opportunity and hope in our thriving cities and beautiful rural countries for this and much more we give thanks and whereas we seek forgiveness from our transgressions, from acts of discrimination, oppression, injustice, and inaction caused by greed, pride, and indifference. For those and many more, we ask forgiveness. And whereas the people of Tennessee seek wisdom and discernment for our state in the days ahead to support thriving families and communities across our state, to promote an environment of opportunity for every Tennessean, and to ensure our safety and freedom for these challenges We seek wisdom, and whereas the people of Tennessee acknowledge our rich blessings, our deep transgressions, and our complex challenges, and further acknowledge the need to give thanks to God the Almighty to turn from our transgressions and ask for God's forgiveness, and to humble ourselves and seek God's wisdom and guidance. Now, therefore, I, Bill Lee, governor of the state of Tennessee, do hereby proclaim October 10th, 2019, as Voluntary Day of Prayer, Humility, and Fasting. I just thought that was so amazing. I I discovered that last summer and I told Neil about it and said, I think we need to move to Tennessee. He said, I think not. But, um, and I don't really know much more about Governor Bill Lee because we don't live there other than just this letter. But I was so inspired that he was a man of faith and a man of God and that he believes in exactly what I'm saying. Like, let's call upon God to to lead the leaders, to lead them to solutions that are actually going to work. Because if we believe that God knows all and is the creator of this universe and is all-knowing 
and has all wisdom. Why would we not ask for his help and his guidance? One of the things that I really love that's been it's been pointed out to me a few different times. We actually talked about it last week while we were in Hawaii with a group of people. In our scriptures, there's this there's a Bible dictionary that just kind of defines different terms or people or whatever from the Bible. It's just a study help. But the definition of prayer is super interesting in the Bible dictionary in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints scriptures. But this is what it says, and this is from that, the under, under prayer in the Bible dictionary. As soon as we learn the true relationship in which we stand toward God, namely God is our Father and we are His children, then at once prayer becomes natural and instinctive on our part. Many of the so-called difficulties about prayer arise from forgetting this relationship. Prayer is the act by which the will of the Father and the will of the child are brought into correspondence with each other. The object of prayer is not to change the will of God, but to secure for ourselves and for others blessings that God is already willing to grant, but that are made conditional on our asking for them. Blessings require some work or effort on our part before we can obtain them. Prayer is a form of work and is an appointed means for obtaining the highest of all blessings. So I think there's so many powerful parts to that. First and foremost is just understanding that relationship that God's our father, that he loves us. He knows us. He knows what we need and that he wants to bless us with whatever it is that, that is going to be best for us. So understanding that, I think that that can kind of take away some of the roadblocks that people might have Mm -hmm. who like, oh, I need to be. I need to be afraid of God. I think having the fear of God is good, but it's something that we shouldn't be afraid of him or afraid to pray. And then also just understanding that in order to bring ourselves in alignment with his will, like prayer is a form of work to do that Mm -hmm. and to secure these blessings. I love that. And in talking about for obtaining the highest of all blessings. And so if you think of that, it does it does matter. I mean, prayer is the medium by which faith is enacted in general. If you take out prayer, then what do you have as far as spirituality? I mean, I think you can have, you can connect with yourself or different elements of spirituality, but connecting with God, I mean, that's like the basic thing that we can do in order to make that happen. So I just think I love that definition. I think it's just so cool and there's so much power in it. I do too. A couple of things I wanted to add also, there's this incredible chapter in like the teachings of our prophets manual from Spencer W. Kimball, which he was a prophet when I was like a little kid. He talks about prayer being the passport to spiritual power and talks all about just like what you're saying, prayer being a two-way communication and not just a one-way, like you shoot prayers up to heaven and then you just see what falls from from the sky, but that it's truly a two-way communication. This is what he says. Is prayer only one-way communication? No. Learning the language of prayer is a joyous lifetime experience. Some ideas flood our mind as we listen after our prayers. And that definitely happens to me. I'll have like ideas come to me here. Or thoughts and feelings 
come after I've prayed about something. He continues by saying, sometimes feelings press upon us. A spirit of calmness assures us that all will be well. And that's a little bit what we talked about with feeling carried even through horrific tragedy. Then he says, but always, if we have been honest and earnest, we will experience a good feeling, a feeling of warmth for our Father in heaven and a sense of his love for us. It has sorrowed me that some of us have not learned the meaning of that calm spiritual warmth, for it is a witness to us that our prayers have been heard. And since our Father in heaven loves us with more love than we have even for ourselves, it means that we can trust his goodness. We can trust him. It means that if we continue praying and living as we should, our Father's hand will guide and bless us. And so in our prayers, we say, thy will be done and mean it. I really love this part. He says, we would not ask a leader for advice and then disregard it. We must not ask the Lord for blessings and then ignore the answer. Thus we pray, thy will be done, O Lord. Thou knowest best, kind Father. I will accept and follow thy direction gracefully. We should pray in faith, but with awareness that when the Lord answers, it may not be with the answer we expect or desire. Our faith must be that God's choice for us is right. And I had one person to respond to that reel that I put together tonight and said, this is so painful for a parent who prayed for a miracle that didn't get it for their child. And it sends the message that my faith wasn't sufficient. And I responded to that person with compassion and love and said, I see where you're coming from. And I know what you're saying. I tried to validate, like, I know what where you're coming from, but I don't think it's because you didn't have sufficient faith. I think that there have been times when we have prayed for miracles, like we prayed for Dave to be found, obviously for his safety to be found, to be found alive and well. And he wasn't. He was found murdered that same day that we started praying for him. And we had the experience of having this pregnancy last year. These are just a couple of things that I commented when I was trying to comment back to her and, and have this thoughtful discussion with her and just said, last year too, we were pregnant and we were told for sure we would lose the baby. And then we saw the heartbeat and we thought it was this big miracle. And we saw the heartbeat multiple times and my heart was totally attached to this little baby. And then we lost the baby the week of Christmas. And it was absolutely just heartbreaking. And I, I cried so many tears and so many nights and just fell apart over that. But I also trusted that it was Heavenly Father's will. And I posted this recently too on Instagram that God is not a vending machine. If he was, our world would be a mess if every single time someone offered up a prayer, they just like a vending machine got exactly what they asked for. We would have no agency. We would have, people would get things immediately that they asked for that really are not for their best interest. And it's really hard sometimes to explain why certain things happen and why they don't. And I keep this open in my gospel library app at all times because I go back to it so many times. I've shared it on the podcast before, but it's worth sharing again because it was landmark for me, literally life-changing when I found this passage. And it's again by Spencer W. Kimball, and it's in a chapter called Tragedy or Destiny. And he says, if all the sick for whom we prayed were healed, if all the righteous were protected and the wicked destroyed, the whole program of the Father would be annulled and the basic principle of the gospel, free agency, would be ended. No man would have to live by faith. If joy and peace and rewards were instantaneously given to the doer of good, there could be no evil. All would do good 
but not because of rightness of doing good. There would be no test of strength, no development of character, no growth of powers, no free agency, only satanic controls. Should all prayers be immediately answered according to our selfish desires and our limited understanding, then there would be little or no suffering, sorrow, disappointment, or even death. And if these were not, there would also be no joy, no success, resurrection, nor eternal life or Godhood. And that's so true. Like, can you imagine if every single person in humanity who had ever been prayed for to not die was not dead, we would have a big problem (laughs) on our hands. And that's not to, I I don't mean that to be like too lighthearted or whatever. I just mean that like, Obviously, our Heavenly Father has a plan for all things, including our growth and what's best for us and how how we gain character. We would not gain any character if every single prayer that we offered of what we thought was best for us was answered. So we have to go through hard things to have compassion and to gain character and understanding and faith and reliance on God and all of these things that He sees that are best for us. While I truly believe in the power of collective prayer. I also believe that a huge element of prayer is to pray to know God's will and to trust in whatever that is for us. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it comes back to understanding the nature of God. And really, if if I understand who God is, what his nature is, my relationship to him, and kind of what we're doing here on earth. If I can remind myself or learn about him, then I can understand it. It helps kind of navigate a lot of these really tough situations. And I, I've been in a few of those myself. And I remember, yeah, praying for that, praying for, praying for my brother, Dave. And when we learned that he was missing and thousands of people were praying for him, I met somebody last week that, that I ran into him that she said, Hey, I, I was friends with one of your brother's friends. And we were talking that day when he was missing and I asked this friend, what should I do? And she said, he said, pray. And she's like, I just want you to know that I was praying for your brother. That was a powerful moment. It really was like, it just brought me back to that situation and really feeling the prayer and, and strength of others. But again, it like the outcome, I remember that whole day feeling like he's fine. He's fine. It's going to be okay. Like it's all good. Like he's fine. It's okay. And the outcome was not what I thought. I li- I really thought that he was, I was going to get the call and it's going to be like, Hey, there was a miscommunication or whatever, and he's fine and whatever, but that's not what happened. So understanding for me, at least like understanding who God is and reminding myself of my relationship to him and who he is. And there's a, a scripture I love in Isaiah. This is Isaiah 55. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I think if we understood as God understood and we could see what God sees and and we had the vantage point and the, the omniscience that God has, I my guess is we would do things exactly the way that he does them and that outcomes would be what his outcomes are because we would be able to see and understand and know 
that all things are working for our good eventually. But in the moment, it doesn't feel like that. In the moment, from what I can see with my limited vision, it doesn't make sense. Things don't make sense. It's a struggle. It's frustrating. It hurts. It's painful. But understanding who God is and understanding his nature and exercising my faith and trust that even though I don't know the meaning of all things, I know that God loves his children. If I can get that and exercise a little bit of faith in that, like there's peace that comes in immediately and strength and the spirit and in praying, it's all there. And I can get that through prayer. That's how I get it. And that's when I feel it. Well, in conclusion, I wanted to share this really sweet story that I also came across as I was studying and preparing for this topic tonight. I really loved this story. So it was about President Kimball, who I've been talking about, and his wife, Camilla. They traveled to a conference in New Zealand. And when they reached the city of Hamilton, they were so sick that President Kimball asked President N. Eldon Tanner, his first counselor, to represent him at a cultural event that had been planned for that evening. And some hours later, President Kimball awakened with a start and asked Dr. Russell Nelson, who is now our president of our church and prophet, he asked Dr. Nelson, who sat watching over him, Brother Nelson, what time was that program to begin this evening? And he said, at seven o'clock, President Kimball. And he said, what time is it now? It's almost seven. Spencer was soaked with perspiration. His fever had broken. He said, tell Sister Kimball we're going. Camilla got out of bed and they hurriedly dressed and then drove the short distance to the stadium where the program had just convened. President Tanner had explained at the beginning of the meeting that they were too sick to attend. In the opening prayer, a young New Zealander petitioned fervently, We 3,000 New Zealand youth have gathered here, prepared to sing and to dance for the prophet. Wilt thou heal him and deliver him here? As the prayer ended, the car-carrying Spencer and Camilla entered, and the stadium erupted in a spontaneous deafening shout of the answer to their prayer. Sorry. Gosh. Um, I just thought that was such a beautiful story that, like, this young girl had that faith to ask the Lord to heal the prophet, and that he and his wife got out of bed and made it just in time. And we experienced something really tender recently that, that was similar to this. It was like a woman's prayer for us. And it was very humbling. And someday, hopefully I can share that experience. But I believe so strongly in the power of prayer and specifically too in this wake of tragedy and, and in any time where it feels like, gosh, is my prayer even going to contribute to anything? I'm not directly connected or I don't live in Texas or I don't live in Paris or I'm, who am I? I'm just some girl. And yeah, the prophet's here, but he's too sick. And and sometimes God isn't going to answer our prayers exactly how we petition him, but sometimes he does. And I think it's so important to share these miracles and lean on the faith of God being a God of miracles and to to lean into that instead of leaning into anything that is fear-based or, you know, what the adversary would want us to focus on in troubled times that God wants us to know that he is with us and that it says that over and over in the Bible and that, that that's what I choose to put my faith in and that I've seen it too many times to be able to deny that that's true. It's true that God listens 
and answers the way that he sees fit to the prayers of his children and that collective prayers really do, they work and that each and every tiny prayer said contributes to a greater faith in God and in and good things and that you're never going to waste a prayer. It's never going to go wasted. It's never going to not at least, at the very least, uplift and give people hope and give them courage and and carry them through really, really hard things. So that's my final thought today. Do you have anything else? I think just the main thing that came to mind was I love that recently our president, the prophet of our church, President Nelson, talked about expect miracles. That was one of his things that he counseled. And I thought that was so powerful and really bold to say that, um, especially nowadays when it just seems like so many things are falling apart when you hear about all these different tragedies. But to expect miracles, I think and I, I believe that miracles come in, in a lot of different shapes and sizes and, and forms, but they're miracles nonetheless. And I think to kind of have that permission and that faith to expect miracles is a powerful thing. And I think it does change the way you pray. If you're praying for a miracle, the, there's a lot more behind that than just a right, maybe a regular prayer. Maybe there's, there's a lot more investing into that. That's something that I love that he said, and that I think gives us a little more license to pray with more intensity and more fervor for some of these things. And that there will be amazing outcomes and maybe oftentimes we will get that, have that moment of a prayer, a miracle happening. And it and they do, and it does happen. And the times that it doesn't, I think it's understanding and framing that with an eternal perspective that enables us to get through a challenging time when, when maybe it doesn't happen the way that we thought it would happen. My belief is that someday we'll look back and understand and see that it was a miracle and that there were miracles associated with the situation. I think of Dave's whole, that whole process and there were just countless miracles, truly miracles. Even though the outcome was not what we all prayed for, there were miracles throughout that entire process and that are still happening that are really cool. It's very true. Well, if you're listening to this and you are feeling down and feeling weighted down by what happened in Texas or anything else that's really hard, I would invite you to pray. And if you feel too weak to pray, or if you are questioning whether prayer works, I would invite you to have the courage to ask a few people who you know love you or are close to you to pray for you and see if you can feel those prayers. And I promise you that if you do that, that you will gain at least a tiny little feeling and testimony that prayer works and that God is aware of you and that he loves you. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox and we'll email you every time there's a new episode.